I want to begin by saying thank you. Thank you to the church. Thank you for being the church. Thank you for being the body of Christ during this unprecedented time in the life of our church. You have shown all of us what it means to be this body that has embraced this wide and long and high and deep love of Christ. Elders, I want to thank you. As our spiritual leaders, you have been standing shoulder to shoulder, linking arms, being spiritual leaders, and you have been chosen for such time as this. And thank you for reminding us that Jesus is a cornerstone who is our farm foundation. Deacons, thank you. Thank you for serving, caring, and praying for the church family. You have been called to the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. And to the staff family, thank you for tirelessly working around the clock, nonstop, in the last few days. It's going to be a little bit longer. Thank you for that enduring faith that you have shown. And to all the God's people here, thank you for demonstrating what it means to be God's people and to pray. From the friends of the Dunnigans to all the sister churches in the Dallas area, to our local and global mission partners, to our network of sister churches within our tribe, our denomination, ECO. Thank you for reminding us that we're not alone, that we're part of the living stones that God is smoothing out to be built into a spiritual house. And thank you. Thank you for loving on Allie and their entire family. You know, many of you know that Brian, when he would return back from his summer break with his family members, on that very first Sunday, he would be standing here and, and saying, thank you. Remember that? He would say that to all of us. Why? And he would say something like this. Thank you, church family, for giving me and my family a rest and break. And thank you for allowing me to spend some time in God's word. And he would prepare for six months in advance for a sermon series. So as, as church worship planning team, uh, we were debating this week, what to do, right? Because things were all printed out and do we go in a different direction? And we decided to stick with today's passage. I'll tell you why in a moment. So this is a passage that Brian picked out several months ago. And I believe, I believe that it'll bring uh, great comfort and courage to all of us. But before I read, by the way, it's okay. I'm, I'm not going to do a full-on sermon, okay? It's okay. But before I read this passage, I need to tell you something. I want to tell you the, the title that Brian picked out several weeks ago for this particular sermon from 1 Peter chapter 3. And the title is this, The Power of a Eulogy. The Power of of a eulogy. So here's what I would like for us to do. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and let me read this. This is a prayer for us and allow God to minister to us through God's word this morning. 
So I invite you to close your eyes to hear God's word. The word of the Lord is active, sharp, gives us life. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, bless for this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and let his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts. Honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do, what is, do it with gentleness and respect. Have a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who insult your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good. If that should be God's will, then for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, I believe that Brian picked this title the power of good eulogy because of verse 9 in this verse, this passage. Because in, in the original Greek, the word eulogy means good words. Blessing, life of blessing. A speech pattern that transforms people from inside out. Beautiful words, kind words that shape God's people. This is where we get the word gospel, aeongelion, the good news. You need to remember that Peter, when he was writing this, he was writing to scattered Christians. Remember that? These scattered Christians were feeling confused. Many of them did not have homeland. They were feeling unsettled. They were wondering what's going to happen to their lives, feeling lost. These Christians were pilgrims. And many of them fell like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus, you know, he, he always had compassion on those who were felt hopeless. And I know, I know it's been hard. It's been hard. And God hears our cries. God knows our sufferings. He, he promises us to be with us in hardships. Because God knows the pain of losing a beloved child. But the calling that we have as Christians is to suffer well. Because when, when hard things happen to us, we, we need to uh, remember how to speak blessings over one another. 
We are to eulogize to one another, sharing the words of comfort and healing. That's why we are here today. We are the gospel people. We're the people of good news because in the midst of heartaches, we remember that Jesus suffered for us and he died for us so that we can be made alive in the spirit. So Highland Park Presbyterian Church, in this unlikely season, God is calling us to be a people of blessing, bestowing divine favor onto others. We are the children of baptism. We are the adopted sons and daughters of God sent out on God's mission to be Jesus-loving people. And if there's an image, if there's an image of Brian that I want you to have, it is this picture of a free-spirited person who loved you very well. It's his contagious joy that we need to remember. You know, um, we did not know whether or not to show this video. Um, some of you were there not too long ago. We were able to have this beautiful, incredible baptism. And we thought, wow, this really captures heart of Brian, pointing people to Jesus. We join me in watching this. Going back to those earliest Christians in the first century, making the decision, sometimes a costly decision to follow Jesus. The symbol of that is baptism. This is the ultimate picture of submission before God. Three questions for you. Do you trust in Jesus as your savior and the forgiver of your sins? Do you? I do. I do. Will you seek to be his disciples and to obey his word and to share his love with others? Will you? I will. And do you wish to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Do you? I do. I've always believed and I've always known I'm saved. It's a continued journey and progression in my relationship with God, being steady and, and growing in my faith and not you know, going in waves. I think that'll be really important for me. It's something we as a family talked a lot about. I came to realize this was a great opportunity for me as an adult to demonstrate my commitment and submission to the Lord. And as Graham and I were walking back to the changing room and drying off, I, I turned around and said I was so happy and proud that we did this together. My life just transformed in all ways, and it's all through God that it happened, and I'm just a completely different person than I was. I just really wanted to solidify my commitment to God, and I wanted to do it in front of all the people that I love and just really show people that this is a lifelong commitment I'm willing to make. Church family, we join me in thanking God for Brian's life. So as we remain standing, here's what I'd like for us to do.
Elder Lori Connell, I know this is going to be a difficult transition for you. Where are you? There you are. She was on the pastoral nominating committee bringing Brian Nally to our church. Will you lead us in affirmation of faith and, and reminding us what is that we believe? Will you join me now in stating with us what we believe and know to be true? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.